0: If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Today on the Indo Daily, the tech wreck. What exactly is going on? Meta, the social media giant, is poised to lay off thousands of employees this week. The company directly employs around
0: 3,000 people in Ireland and a further 6,000 people support its services here.
1: Twitter's new owner, Elon Musk, has said he had no choice but to sack half the company's workforce because the platform was losing $4 million a day. Some of the 500 Irish-based staff received emails yesterday telling them that they may lose their jobs. Twitter, Stripe, and now Meta, The talk of job losses in the tech sector is rising every day, and yet nobody is quite sure what it'll all mean for the Silicon Valley of Europe, aka the Dublin Docklands. Elon Musk's arrival as the boss of Twitter has sparked global controversy.
0: To be fair to Musk, He has made a career of proving people wrong in terms of turning companies and industries around. He did it with Tesla, he did it with SpaceX, but most people are skeptical.
1: Just how much does Ireland depend on these massive brands? And will the tech wreck wreck our economy? Some
0: engineers out of college, some of them were making 100 grand. When people look at two-bed apartments in Dublin going for €2,700 a month, who on earth can afford that? A lot of them are tech workers.
1: I'm Kevin Doyle, and in today's episode, I'm joined by the Irish and Sunday Independence Technology Editor, Adrian Weckler. Adrian Weckler, we've seen the madness at Twitter in the past week. Now we have reports that Meta are going to cut jobs. We know that Stripe have already... uh, Signaled 14% of their workforce is going. What is the tech wreck? What is going wrong here? Well,
0: what's going wrong? If you listen to somebody like Patrick Collison, one of the two brothers who founded Stripe, who which is letting go of 14% or around a thousand uh, people, including uh, an undisclosed number as of yet, in its double knoffs, so you listen to his explanation. He is saying basically that the whole tech sector, including Stripe, overestimated what demand for their services was going to be. They were kind of led astray by the pandemic. They thought this was never going to end. This was the new reality that we were all going to do everything online. But he also is pointing to infrastructural issues. So he singled out like kind of boring, normal things, inflation, interest rates, energy shocks, uh, reduced uh, investment budgets. The normal economic things are now you know, rearing their ugly head in the tech sector and companies like Meta, Stripe, PayPal, you know, DocuSign, crypto firms like Coinbase. Crypto is supposed to be immune. It's absolutely not. Um, All these companies that are based in Ireland that have large uh, employment bases here, they're all either freezing or cutting their jobs.
1: So is it effectively that we've had a tech bubble and the bubble is bursting? We
0: don't know for sure yet, A, whether it was actually a bubble or whether, you know, some of the air has been let out of the bubble, if you like. I don't think anyone thinks, for example, that tech companies or the tech industry or the services that these companies provide are going to be any less in our lives. Similarly, I don't think really that anybody's suggesting that Dublin or Ireland is not going to be an important part of that tech industry, certainly in Europe. But, you know... Are the days of a company like Meta going from 1,000 people to six or 7,000 people in five or six years, are they over? Well, for sure, they're over for now. Google and Meta by themselves employ something like 17,000 people, just those two companies in and around Dublin. That was never going to continue um, at that pace. Um, the only big tech employers that are actually still expanding at the same pace. There are probably only one, it's TikTok. It's still going from 2,000 to 3,000 uh, people. and But that's an extraordinary exception. That's because it's beating the pulp out of Instagram and Facebook at the moment. Um, but for the rest of it, uh, it may well turn out to be a bubble but I'm not convinced that it is.
1: Adrian I want to ask you about the salaries that these companies pay because I'm thinking back to Dublin we talk a lot about the housing crisis but we had the Collison's before urging people to get into software engineering we hear stories that Facebook and Twitter have starting salaries of 70 to 100,000 euro for people in their mid-20s straight out of college like it's crazy money most people coming out of college probably hope they can get a salary of 30 grand in whatever their chosen field is and work their way up the ladder. So is any of that sustainable?
0: Well, the money is coming from the huge profits that the company's made and and continue to make. I mean, even with all the job cuts, there's no suggestion that Meta is heading towards anything like a loss, even with the massive hits that it's taken. Google and Apple um, are just they're just money making machines and their whole thing is they want to hire the best people. And so does TikTok. And so does Amazon. And so does Microsoft. It's just a competitive marketplace. Like, well, I interviewed John Collison a few months ago, and he was making the point that some engineers out of college, now, when he meant out of college, he meant like graduates or masters. Some of them were making 100 grand. I can't really see that changing massively. I mean, if they're, you know, if, if the job market becomes less competitive, if you've been laid off by Meta or Twitter and you're looking for a job, you are probably going to accept an offer for 10 grand less. But That's still going to be 75 grand or 85 grand. It's, it, you know, salaries in the tech sector are simply higher than they are in most other sectors. When people look at apartments, two bed apartments in Dublin going for 2700 euro a month and say to who on earth can afford that? there are tens of thousands of young people who can afford that. It's a very unpopular answer. But that's basically, a lot of them are tech workers.
1: Where are Facebook and uh, the likes of Twitter actually getting their money for? Because obviously a big thing since Elon Musk has taken over is the idea that he wants to try and monetize it and get users to pay for their blue tick. So are they solely relying on advertising and that's drying up because of the wider economy? Is that the problem?
0: That's a big part of it, yes. Twitter and Meta rely almost wholly on advertising, uh, as does Google, by the way. But there is a difference Google is pretty much okay because Google's advertising depends on you putting a search term into Google. And we all still do that. Meta is different because on Facebook and Instagram, they depend on tracking you across the Internet. And don't forget, last year, Apple brought in this thing on their iPhones where you could choose to allow or to forbid apps to track you and to track your Internet use. And most people do that. So that has massively affected affected Instagram and Facebook's advertising capability. In Twitter's case, it's slightly different, and it's nuanced. Advertisers are pausing their ads on Twitter for two reasons. One, some of them don't like the tone that Musk has brought in. They fear that there's a chance that their ad might appear next to somebody who is denying the Holocaust, for example. And Musk himself isn't making this any easier. By tweeting and deleting you know, within a few hours, a, cons- a homophobic conspiracy theory against the husband of the U.S. Congressional House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi. He tweeted and deleted it. Like when the boss of the company is doing that, um, it doesn't provide advertisers a lot of comfort. Now, to be fair, it should be said that some of the big advertisers pausing on Twitter are competitors of Elon. So General Motors and Audi. Yes, they've paused their advertising, but that this just might be, you know, a, a kind of a deft opportunity to get one in the ribs uh, against Tesla and Elon.
1: The Musk thing is fascinating, Adrian. He's paid 44 billion and he wants to make that back in $8 investments for blue ticks. It's like the maths here is just ridiculous.
0: Yeah, there's little chance that he's going to make that up. I mean, the $8 per month thing is fascinating for a number of reasons, because it taps into the economics of it, it taps into a culture war elements of it as well. You've two distinct responses. One is delight and glee from a certain section who think that blue check marks and verified and journalism and politicians and celebrities, that it's really just one big golden circle. Uh, As Musk put it himself, it was a system of lords and peasants. That's the way they interpreted it. So they're delighted. The other uh, interpretation, and I would veer a little bit more towards this one myself, is that it threatens Twitter's core attractiveness because if you look at what a blue check mark is it's actually a system to attract people to twitter to see what the newsmakers and the people closest to the news are saying in any specific moment in a very big public news moment if something huge happens in the next hour generally speaking twitter is the place that people will first go to and if their confidence that um you know somebody who's tweeting about it either is or isn't verified, if their confidence weakens by even a little bit, that could affect Twitter's attractiveness. Now, the reason I say that is, I mean, I have a a blue check mark. You do too. I'm not going to pay for it.
1: Not a fear I am going to pay. And does that not make it even more of a a lords and peasants? Because only people who can afford that amount, which is over a year, adds up. So really, only wealthy people are actually going to be able to afford the blue tick. So that argument falls down, surely.
0: Yeah, and wealthy marketers. Because, like, so you and I won't pay. And say a number of others won't pay. I I think a lot of journalists won't pay. Now, all of so overnight, you have a situation where a lot of journalists, whether you love or you hate us, and some people hate us, but whether you love us or hate us, we are often closer to the news source in terms of reporting what has actually happened. And we have our own standards. We can get into trouble if we get things wrong, et cetera. Now, if you're saying that you're, you're taking verification away from us, that's fine, but that's going to make it... New people coming to Twitter won't be able to tell quite as easily um, who is closer to the news item uh, than the next person. And what will make it worse is that, you know, some random anti-vaxxer uh, will just pay for their their eight dollars per month or eight euro per month verification and their take. And in Elon's world, um, their take is is worth more than ours because their replies and their responses and their tweets will be boosted and ours will be uh, hidden, to be fair to, to Musk. He has made a career of proving people wrong in terms of turning companies and industries around. He did it with Tesla in the electric car industry. He did it with SpaceX. You can argue about how he did it with carbon credits and and all that sort of stuff, but he does have a good track record. He has enough. In other words, he has enough credibility in the vault to overcome. Know a month long wave of negativity or 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 skepticism about how he's going to do it. But most people are skeptical. Most people at the Web Summit were skeptical as to how he would make his money back. Pretty much everyone believes what is blindingly obvious that he paid way too much for it because he bought. He signed the contract just before the tech slump started. Spent months trying to wriggle his way out of it, and then grudgingly accepted that he had to pay up, and now is desperate to somehow meet his $1 billion per year interest payments on it.
1: Well, that's its own madness. But talk to me, the more developing story now is over at Meta. What is going on with Zuckerberg's company?
0: In 2023, uh, we're going to focus our investments on a small number of high priority growth areas. So that means that some teams will grow meaningfully, but uh, most other teams will stay flat or shrink over the next year. In aggregate, we expect to end 2023, um, as either you know, roughly the same size, or uh, even a slightly smaller organization than we are today. Well, Meta is in a very different situation for very different reasons. So it is suffering the same downturn as the wider tech industry, and so there were likely to be, you know, some layoffs or at least a hiring freeze, and that's what Zuckerberg says in his um, quarterly earnings. A phone call last month, he said that the company would be around the same size or a bit smaller uh, next year. And he said essentially that they were going to hire um, for some teams and they're going to let other teams go. What, what that's code for is that he's going doubling down on the metaverse, this online virtual reality world that Zuckerberg is trying to, if not create, he's trying to lead in. And it's all, He's already sunk over $10 billion into it. You know, by the end of the decade, we hope to basically get to around a billion people in the metaverse doing hundreds of, of dollars of commerce each, um, buying different things to express themselves. So whether that's clothing for their avatar or different digital goods for their virtual home or, or things to decorate their virtual conference room. So I think that there's gonna be a massive economy around this. Meta's own situation is very precarious because it's a year to the day since they announced they were changing their name from Facebook to Meta. In that time, the value of the company has fallen by three quarters from you know $860 billion to around $240 billion. It's had a massive hit over and above most of the other uh, big tech firms. That's partly because of the advertising issues that we talked about earlier, but it's partly because there's no model yet for uh the the metaverse nobody's really excited about it how does that translate into us well we've heard that job cuts are on the way possibly as early as this wednesday important to note that um when i spoke to uh metas uh, irish spokesperson about this she said they didn't have any comment to make she just pointed me back to zuckerberg's comments about it being the same size or a smaller um, company my understanding is that the Irish operation here which employs 3000 staff and then anywhere between 3 and 6000 other people between contractors and and other agencies depending on how you calculate it that they are they all basically have to make a case for themselves to to retain their teams it's going to be done kind of on a on a on a team by team basis rather than right we need you know 50% cuts here we need in that country, we need 50% cuts in this country, which is the way the Twitter is doing it.
1: Twitter's new owner, Elon Musk, has said he had no choice but to sack half the company's workforce because the platform was losing $4 million a day. Some of the 500 Irish-based staff received emails yesterday telling them that they may lose their jobs. It's all very brutal though, isn't it? I mean, the, the Twitter email, sacked by email stripe was also, I know people were saying mm. they were a bit softer, but it was still effectively sacked by email.
0: Yeah, it is brutal. And it's particularly brutal because if you were being let go by one company, say a year ago or two years ago, you would waltz into another company in five minutes, probably on higher pay. That that was the job recruitment market at that time. Now, pretty much everybody's laying off or very few are hiring. So if you're let go by Meta, you might be taken by TikTok, but there aren't that many other companies that are going to be, uh, take you now as to being fired by email. Well, the way Twitter did it was awful. I mean that they, they were, their approach was, you know, if you can log into your work email tomorrow, you're still working. If not, you're fired. It was more or less that stripes uh, approach was a little bit different, um, First of all, it was way more expansive. It was like an essay on why they were doing it. It it, it doesn't ease the pain of being fired, but it, it, at least it gives you perspective. But also, they went through the various measures that they were going to do, and they were a lot more generous than, than Twitter's terms. As for whether or not you do it uh, over email, I mean, you or I would be spitting blood if we were let go by email. But when the company is that big, 7,000 people with Stripe, the way... Leaks go and the way the industry chatters and gossips, they probably felt they just had to come right out and be up front and get ahead of the story. Patrick Collison published a public letter uh, to staff. There was no Bloomberg or or even Irish independent scoop out of the line. So they managed to keep it fairly stum. And I think their approach was, look, get out ahead of of the story.
1: What about the politics of it all, Adrian? Because obviously the Irish government gets a lot of tax out of this, but there's also employment law. like has Leo Varadkar as Department of Enterprise got any heads up do do they know what's going on here
0: the the impression is they hadn't uh, been formally uh, informed I don't think that these companies are oblivious to the fact that employment law in Ireland is very different to employment law in uh, the US and California which is mostly an at-will state in other words they can kind of just fire you and then just give you the terms and it's not nearly as complicated or as protected as it is over here politicians here are, are still quite reluctant to go too too heavy to come down too heavy on the tech companies that's cuz all the money that they, they that they contribute i mean we saw from the government last week corporate tax take 6 billion ahead of estimates and that was pretty much all multinational profits and most of those were tech companies um i think something in the order of half of the 16 billion that we've taken in corporation tax this year comes from about a dozen multinational firms So the wider impact that we could feel from job losses here and these tech companies taking a hit is really less money for schools and hospitals and social welfare and pensions. I mean, it could be several billion less.
1: If If our politicians are a little bit shy about criticism, though, in America, it's a different story because... Musk particularly is part of that political debate over there. President Biden's had some choice words Adrian in the last few days as well.
0: Yeah, well he um sort of kind of came out with a zinger that Elon Musk has bought Twitter which spews lies all over the world.
1: No matter who owns or runs Twitter, uh, the president has long been concerned about the power of large social media platforms, the power they have over our everyday lives, has long argued that tech platforms must be held accountable for the harms they cause.
0: Twitter has a much deeper and much more toxic culture war resonance in the US than it does here. I mean, it, it can get bad here, but in the States, it's really, really uh, polarized and and toxic. For a traditionalist like Joe Biden, who don't forget, he comes from an era where politics and public discourse was genuinely a lot more geared towards trying to reach um, you know, compromise and some sort of common understanding. These days, and Twitter is a big part of this, it's just, you know, get the sharpest blow and the sharpest dig and the sharpest zinger in.
1: There's a lot of talk that Trump will be let, allowed back on after the midterms back onto Twitter. How much of this, though, Adrian, as, as we talk about it, is a cult of personality? You have Musk investing in this. We have Mark Zuckerberg. Even the the Collison brothers, they're, they're cut from a different cloth, But, you know, they're big names now. And then you've people like Jack Dorsey in the past. I don't go along
0: with that theory at all. I, I don't think that anyone joined Twitter because of Jack Dorsey or joined Facebook because of Mark Zuckerberg or uses Stripe uh, because of the Collison brothers the coverage of those companies is definitely mired with the cult of personality Elon Musk has now become absolutely inseparable from Twitter Mark Zuckerberg is often you know indelibly linked with uh, with Facebook although funnily enough not WhatsApp you you will often hear people in Ireland say, "That's it, I've had enough of Facebook. I, I'm going to Instagram. I'm going to WhatsApp." And before you sort of gently say, "Well, actually, Mark Zuckerberg owns both of those as well." But I don't think there's any question that Elon Musk, at the moment, is very negative for one whole sway of the society in terms of uh, uh, whether they use Twitter. Now that doesn't mean that they they stop using Twitter. Musk himself tweeted the number of people using Twitter he claims has gone up. In the last week, but there's no doubt, cult of personality Musk is negative to Twitter for a lot of people, and now Twitter is going. To, an awful lot of motives are going to be attributed to decisions that Twitter makes based on people's view of Elon Musk and who he's trying to appease.
1: And my thanks to Adrian Weckler for explaining that to us today. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today's show was produced by Mary Carroll, researched by Garrett Mulhall, with sound by Gavin Hennessy. Archived clips were from CNN, CNBC, CBS, Bloomberg, Al Jazeera, SNL, BBC, Twitter Media, RTE and Independent.ie. To hear more of our award-winning journalism, visit Independent.ie or wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.